those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We are continuing our sermon series, uh, working through 1 Corinthians and looking at all the lessons uh, that Paul has for us in this letter. And you know that most of Paul's letters are addressing a particular issue in a particular church. And in this case, we do know that in this letter to the 1 Corinthians, from about chapter 5 through 11, there are all kinds of moral issues that are laid out. And a lot of people go there, and they'll look at that and say, see these Corinthians, they're, they're morally um, bankrupt. They're not doing the things they should. But, but that's not really Paul's main issue in this letter uh, to the Corinthians because where he begins the letter is with their main problem, and that's that these people have factions. These people are divided. These people are in conflict. They are not being the body of Christ, but they're, they're really tussling with one another. And so it's important for us to understand, you know, Pastor Tim last week talked about the way Corinth was this seaport with a bunch of sailors and people from all around the world, and it had all kinds of stuff going on there. And in, in fact, you know, this is a church that is a Gentile church, meaning that these people were pagans. So here's the thing that we often forget. We so often, when we're reading these uh, letters, we're overlaying our own understanding. Uh, let me just see hands. How many of you actually grew up in the church? Uh, so most of you have known church your whole life. But guess what? Let's take a step back. Paul is writing this letter in about the year 53, maybe 55. It means, first of all, that Jesus died maybe 20 years ago or so which means that this church was founded about 15 years ago, maybe. And it means that there are no other churches in Corinth. There aren't churches everywhere. People haven't been raised in the church. People have no idea what the church is. It's a very different time and place. Uh, I want you to think about this. They don't yet have in place a whole set of intellectual beliefs about what it means to be a Christian. There hasn't yet been any counsel to say that Jesus is fully human, fully divine. There hasn't been any counsel yet to say we believe in, in a three-in-one trinity God. These things have not been argued out yet. Do you know it won't, it'll be two or three centuries before there's the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, does not exist when Paul is writing this letter. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? This is such a different context. This is a context 
where the Christian faith is still being figured out, when it's really new and these people have come out of pagan uh, lifestyles that probably don't know that much, but they do know they want to follow Jesus. I was thinking about the way that for those who are teachers today and for others, artificial intelligence is such a big deal right now. Why? Because people can go online, put in a question, and out pops a long answer. So teachers are worried that students, instead of learning or doing research, are just going to go to these online sites, type in the question, copy what comes out, and submit it. Now, now you know, I, most of us are smart enough right now to be able to beat the, the artificial intelligence because it's not very sophisticated yet. But the future... It can either go a way that is really good and helpful for people, or it could go a way that is really harmful to human life. We don't know what AI is going to become. Just as the Christians in the year 55 don't quite yet know what the church is going to be in the decades to come. So Paul is in this place where he is now trying to shape the church according to his spiritual understanding of Jesus and what Jesus means when he says, I'm going to start the church. So when we get to the end of chapter 2, and we get this, this, uh, these verses about being spiritual or unspiritual, I'm guessing that a lot of people who read this passage end up thinking spiritual people are those who know Christ, unspiritual are those who don't. But here's the trick, people of God. Paul is talking about both being in the church. The church has spiritual people, and the church has unspiritual people. And this is what Paul is driving at. If you are in the midst of conflict, if you are driving factions, if you are trying to say, follow me because I know the right way, Paul is trying to show that you are unspiritual. And Paul is trying to show that most of the behaviors that are not in accord with Christ are coming out of this place of being unspiritual. Now, the Greek words here, one is the spiritual people, the spirit people, is pneumatikos. And pneuma is the great Greek word for spirit. It's also the Greek word for breath. And so if you think about the, the sort of understanding that's here, that the people who are spirit people, who are spiritual people, they are breathing in the spirit. The spirit is filling them, and they are letting the spirit flow back out into the world. They are people who are being filled with love and people who are sharing that love back into their community and the world. These are the spiritual people. But on the other hand are these people who are psychikos. That's the Greek word. And I have to say, it's really hard to translate from that ancient Greek. What is it to be psychikos? Psyche is sort of a, the, sometimes translated as soul, but it's the animating spirit within. And for Paul, it relates to the word anima 
which also is about a life principle or a life force. It's about what's driving us. Now, think about our word animated. Think about our word animosity. These are words that come out of that Greek sense of something is driving us. But often, the, the, the word that, that really comes into play here is animus, which is an English word for saying having bad motivations, motivated for the wrong reason. Paul is saying unspiritual people are motivated by the wrong reasons. What's driving them is the wrong thing. Paul is trying to say what's driving the unspiritual people is they are closed off to the spirit. They are not open to God. What's driving them is self-motivations. Self-motivations like, I need to be right, I need to be powerful, I need to be in control, I need to do what I want, I need to be somebody. This is the root problem of what's going on in that church is people who need to be the center of everything rather than Jesus being the center of everything. Now, for me, uh, part of the key to unlocking this is the way that Paul is talking about the only thing he has preached in Corinth is Christ crucified. Now, we hear Christ crucified, and I'm willing to bet most of us think forgiveness. But Paul does not mean that when he's saying what I preach is Christ crucified. What Paul is saying is what I have come to you preaching is that Jesus Christ emptied himself on the cross. He let go of everything. He let go of his need to be right. He let go of his need to have power. He let go of his need to be he let go of his need to be alive. Christ Crucified means that he was willing to empty out everything for the sake of God, and that is the only way to resurrected life, to new life, to spiritual life, is to be willing to empty out this selfish self that's always motivated by its own stuff. Paul is saying, I preach Christ crucified. It's not about me, Paul. I've given up everything, says Paul. I let go of everything on the road to Damascus. That's Christ crucified, and it is the only way to open ourselves to receive the spiritual riches in Christ. Now, when I talk about this with uh, seminary students, I will always have one or two of them, and probably more thinking the same thing, who say, okay, yeah, but, you know, Paul's listing out all these moral sins in all these other chapters, and don't we have to hold people accountable? Don't we have to say, uh, Bocephus, you're not acting right. We need you to change. And here's the thing that Paul would say. If you are pointing fingers, if you are criticizing others, if you are judging others, you are not operating out of a spirit of love and compassion. You are not 
operating out of the spirit of Christ because there's only one thing in the universe that can heal and make whole. There's only one thing in the universe that can change us, transform us, make us into the people we are created to be, and that is the love of God in Jesus Christ poured out in the Holy Spirit. Only God can heal and make whole. Nothing that human beings do can heal and make whole. Only God can do that. That's what we believe in Jesus Christ and why we follow him, because God is the source of everything that matters. God is the source of life eternal. God is the source of being made whole and complete. So let me bring this down in some ways. One of the things that I I actually love about this church is the fact that there is sort of a, a spiritual kind of presence among us. And how do I know that? Well, number one, I've been here six and a half years and we've never had a single major Uh, fight. We've never had a major conflict. It doesn't mean sometimes we don't disagree on things we're thinking about doing. We do, but, but nobody is like, follow me. I have this faction. Follow me. Let's argue about it. We don't do that. Thank goodness for that. Because that's about the power of God at work trying to love others. But the other thing is this sort of emptying out my selfish needs that is so prevalent here as well. I think about how many people serve this church and never need any credit for what they do. Right, The people who cook in the kitchen, the people who count the money, the musicians, the people who are working in the back of the room, the people who are teaching classes. Yeah, I don't want to miss anybody, the mission people. But, but nobody ever is stopping and saying, hey, look at me. We're so important. What I do is so great. We don't do that here. You know, uh, one of the best examples for me is uh, y'all probably don't know how much work our trustees do to keep this building clean and functioning. A ton of work. Reed and, and, and George especially are always behind the scenes. You never hear them say, hey, look what I did. And in fact, last week I went to George because he'd spent so many hours with the technicians in the 100 degree weather trying to fix the air conditioning and I said George I just want to thank you because I know how much you do and I see it and and you know this congregation is really lucky to have you and George said to me basically this it doesn't matter who sees me God knows and that's it, people. You see, the, the psychicos is the one that's saying, uh, I have to do this to be seen. And the spiritual person, the pneumatikos, is just saying, I do it because I love God. I do it because I love this church. I do it because I love the people here. I do it out of the motivation of love. And anything that we need to hold accountable, the only way that person is going to change is if they know we love them just as they are that we love them in the way God loves them which is unconditionally because love again is the only thing that heals us last thing is this I want you to think about any child you have ever known any child anywhere in the world you have ever known 
and that child is out playing and falls and scrapes its knee, what is that child going to do? Mommy! Usually mommy, but sometimes daddy, but usually mommy. And the child is going to go running to that parent, arms wide open, and the parent will scoop it up and say, I'm going to fix that little knee. It's all going to be all right. What heals that child? It's really the love of that parent. It's nothing but love. So people of God, this is what Paul is trying to say. The church of Jesus Christ is to be a place of love. And when it is a place of love, people are healed, people are made whole, people become the ones they're supposed to, do, to be for the sake of Jesus Christ in a suffering world. All of us are always going to have a little bit of that self-motivation at work. But we can come to see the power of love at work in our lives, in our world. And we can come to ask ourselves, is it the love of God that I'm working out of? Because when it is, we can be assured that we are the church of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.